0: Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We are wrapping up an absolutely crazy week, as we all know, watching what's been happening in this market trade. We're going to dive into what's been going on. As we look specifically at what's been going on in this market with the cattle, we did get to see them finish with a little bit of green on the screen, which is a, uh, a good thing to see. But we're going to talk about what we've been seeing. And as we've been talking all week, we know that the risk-off is here ahead of Tuesday. So just a reminder, as we may be talking and mentioning elections we are not in one way or another endorsing one candidate over the other this is just how it's had its influence and it's wrap around what we've seen in the market trade and we do know winter believe it or not will be here which means we're going to have to figure out what we're going to do about grain come winter time we're going to talk about one listener's question in that regard so lots to digest on this trading day as Kyle Bumstead joins us he is with Allendale Incorporated and let's start out with I guess sum it up with what a week I mean, I've never looked forward to Friday as much as I have this week.
1: Well, you know, I was uh, I was looking forward to uh, this Friday. Last Friday, I jumped out of the seat here uh, shortly after the trade was closed, and we weaned calves, and then yeah, old man winter reared its uh, ugly head out here, and we had a foot of snow on uh, Sunday morning, so you know, winter has came and left, and we're out in the field this afternoon uh, combining again, but yeah, what a week, and... uh what a week, definitely, you know, a lot of mechanical things happening here in the uh, live cattle and feeder cattle markets with uh, the October feeder cattle. Uh, they went off yesterday, and the October feeders, uh, their last print yesterday was 136.45, and, of course, they're going to be marked at the index, which – uh, there's still some, a few discrepancies on, uh, what that final index number is going to be, but it looks to be right around that 136.70, maybe 136.71 area. And, uh, that's actually a, a pretty good number here. The last couple of days had some really good sales, uh, out in the country. So those index cattle have really, uh, really picked up in value here. And, uh, they should have. I mean, I've felt that feeder cattle have been undervalued here for quite some time. And, you know, looking at feeder cattle, um, you know, early this week, we, we just kind of, we come off that cattle on feed report and it's kind of a doom and gloom situation like it was in September. And, you know, I think a lot of the market had some of that, uh, had, had some of that doom and gloom already mixed in with, uh, with the hits that we took last week on this uh, complex. But uh, then uh, the live cattle trade, you know, we, we started trading steady cash i mean the the previous week the cash was 10595 and a lot of the cash this week is uh, coming around that uh, 10550 to 106 and a quarter maybe some light 107 i cannot get a confirmation on that yet but uh you know 162 to 163 on a dress basis has been bid all over and uh there's even some talk throughout the trade here that uh we could possibly you know work this december board maybe cash seeing it 110 plus and um i don't want to say the top end number but uh okay i'll say it uh i had <laughs> a guy tell me we could possibly see december cattle at 114 cash and i i don't know if i want to go that uh that crazy but uh, anything is possible with this market and you know for the week live cattle we closed the uh, 472 higher and it wasn't quite an outside week higher in these cattle but we finally got the october off the board today at one hundred five ninety seven, and you know now we've got a uh, we've We've got about uh so what sixty days here roughly for the de uh and you know we got thirty days before it becomes a spot months for deliveries, but uh you know we got a little bit of time here that we could see a bounce here in this future's market and and we really we we should i mean box beef i think uh has put in a bottom here, and uh we just need to see it to really start building upon the previous day's uh gains in the boxes, so you know feeder cattle for the week up eight fifty seven and that's a pretty impressive week here for feeder cattle and I think uh you know a lot of risk off mentality going into this election here. Uh, next week but uh, you know if the live cattle and the feeder cattle can shrug it off in the face of a Dow that was 900 points lower yesterday at one point in time and it's down 450 points you know today for most of the day it was down you know 400 plus points I mean that says something about the the uh, resiliency of the cattle complex but I do want to note that uh, you know on the deferred live cattle spreads uh, it looks like there's a little bit of commercial pressure against that feb versus the deferred months out there so that may be something we need to watch here and from a technical standpoint Um, February was kind of the uh, the spotlight as far as this previous cattle on feed we did get to some technical uh, points on a chart um, whether you agree with the chart or not but we got uh, to some technical points here towards today's highs which would have been uh, some of the uh, late July lows and the September lows and we of stalled out getting up to those areas so early early next week is going to tell a lot i think uh for the uh, live cattle and feeder cattle market moving forward
0: i think in, in many reasons uh as, as i had one uh, commodity broker earlier this week say just remember the sun will come up on wednesday no matter what happens but still be prepared for what you're going to do and That's how right. you're going to react to this market
1: that's right. That's right. And you know, risk off in, in pretty much everything, but uh seems like the cattle it's been more of a resilient thing here the last couple of days and you know, we still have still have the virus out there, the still a looming threat. I mean it was a big threat early in the week as far as Europe and However political you want to get here in this country it is, but it's still a threat out there nonetheless, and and that could hinder the box movement, or I I don't think it would hinder the movement as much as it would, uh, you know, we don't want to see packing plants closed down again.
0: Right, and I know that they probably are already looking at that and seeing what they can do, so we don't get a repeat of this spring. Do you think that's kind of a fear in the back of these cattlemen's minds at this point?
1: Some I think it is. I think some of it's uh, it's a uh, you know we got to get some of these cattle that uh, these big cattle cleaned up. There's still some big cattle up here and out here in the country up in the northern uh, northwest Iowa, southeast South Dakota, southwest Minnesota area. There's some there's some big cattle up in those areas and you know there's there's no doubt about it. They're big up in that area. But I think the South has done a good job of sorting deep and uh, you know they're placing a lot of cattle down there too because that's how they run their business model. You know they uh, they don't uh, they feed cattle all winter long and that's how they that's how they make it work. those feed yards so i think the south is current we've had a lot of reports of cattle uh you know from the northern plains here you know nebraska western iowa getting shipped south to get uh processed so that uh in the past hasn't been bearish
0: Well, we'll stick around, folks. We do have a lot more to continue as we head into part two. As Kyle Bunstead joins us, he is with Allendale Incorporated. We've got a listener question that came in about uh, what happens with locking in some grain for this winter. Not sure what's going to happen with the fluctuating prices. As we know, there's been a lot of weather issues, not only here in the United States, but globally as well, which makes for some interesting export times. So what can we do as a livestock producer in that regard? also have another question uh, dealing with the cow calves. they haven't marketed the Cavs yet this year. Stay. Hey. Welcome back to the final, final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Kyle Bumstead continues to join us with Alan Dale. And Before we get talking about what else has been happening in this livestock market just want to remind folks, you know we're headed into a holiday weekend. We all remember what Halloween was like for us. Um, guys are busy wrapping up harvest. They're busy processing these calves. Uh, if you get a second, just reach out to your neighbors. Just check in with them. As we know, it's been an interesting, volatile couple of weeks in the marketplace and things have been ebbing and flowing and with everything happening with the upcoming election. Just swing by, say hi, shoot somebody a text, just check in. That's my public service announcement for the day. As we talk about speaking of uh, working calves, we do have a listener questioner, Kyle, that is wondering about locking in some grain for winter. Is there some things that they need to kind of, maybe some trigger points that they need to look at um, in these markets as we get closer to the winter months, knowing you know, with with the exports and the pace that we've seen, you know, of China and other countries wanting to purchase our grain. So is there some triggers they need to think about, Kyle?
1: Well, you know, first things first, make sure you've got enough feed around. That's the question. And if you're looking to try to get some feed bought, you know, it's probably a good thing to probably get that locked up so you have the known taken out of the equation. But, uh, you know... <sighs> I really don't like the way this corn market closed here for the week I mean you have an outside week lower so if you're gonna go loading up on a bunch of physical you may want to have some protection uh, to the downside so it doesn't decrease in value on you or you know if the market does flush out you have got some protection there or if you're patient you know we may be waiting for a little bit more of a flush out and then maybe look at some reownership. but take a look at the spreads the carry what the carry is telling you that is our commercial guide do we have enough grain sitting here as far as the corn side you know that the the commercial spreads early this week were you know decent decent March and and uh, May and July they were almost all the same price at, at uh, one or two days this week so that's right before we had that big sale of corn to uh, Mexico but keep an eye on the spreads. you know if, uh, if we get back into that uh, you know Flat uh, the the flat curve or or uh, you know inverted spreads in corn. If that were the case, then uh, you will want to be getting some physical locked up, you know, pretty quick, like because the commercials are competing for it too.
0: You know, a few weeks ago we were hearing about uh, concerns with calves coming off of you know off, off, mm-hmm. I can't even talk today. Calves coming off the cows, coming off grass, headed to the feedlots, but concerns about not enough feed out there. Um, because of the dryness in some parts of the country. Is that still an issue today, what you're hearing from feedlot owners, or what's, what's the talk in the country? Well, I,
1: uh, I think I think most of your, your large feed yards, they, they're always sourcing uh, product anyway. So, I mean, uh, you know, if, if it's coming to a hay and roughage type situation, then, yeah, if there's, there's probably going to be a pretty decent hay market. The way it's sounding early on, it depends on how when we stay this winter how much uh how much how much the stalks can get grazed or how much winter grass can get grazed and things like that but that is definitely a concern on a lot of people's minds i know the, the pastures really need some some moisture here to get them up and going here uh, this next spring so it's definitely a concern in a lot of people's minds right now
0: well, how are we doing supply and demand uh the weights of these of the cattle that are coming you talked about some heavier ones uh still waiting to be processed but for the most part if we look past them are we doing okay in the country
1: I think we are. I think uh, I think it's just isolated areas that uh, that are having trouble. I mean, you're you're hearing a lot more of the bigger cattle, uh, you know, east of Highway 281 uh, in Nebraska and uh, north of uh, Highway 20 in Iowa. So, I mean, there's kind of always that uh, that area up there, that uh, tri-state area that that feeds uh, feeds some big ones up there. But I think most yards are are going to try to keep current uh, if this cash stays. uh you know, aggressive out front here, it gives incentive to try to pull deep and try to sort deep and say, well, if I can get one, say I'm getting 108 or 110 cash, why would I, why would I want to keep these cattle around here and, and maybe hold them and maybe I take less later on or, you know, that, that's, that's maybe one of the questions that you have to ask yourself. If I can get, if, if this cash market does run up to 110 and I can take 110 here in deep, why do I want to keep them around here? Why, why would I want to keep them and, and, you know, run that. Risk factor of keeping those cattle around. They might they might sort a little bit deeper.
0: Looking at the hogs uh, quickly, and I'm sure this can tie back to the cattle as well. Are we are we seeing mm-hmm. some good market morale for the most part, and some support coming, or should be coming in the next couple of weeks?
1: You know, it's it's interesting you uh, you ask that because I, I had just gotten off the phone with uh, with a pork producer in West Central Minnesota before you before we uh, started our uh, interview here, and he's telling me. Uh, you know, there's getting to be some big hogs out there again, 320, 330, uh, even 350 pounds in isolated instances. And it's also getting to a point where they're having to book shackle space. Well, we need to get our, our, uh, hog processing. We need to get that ramped up here on Saturdays, but I think it's becoming more of a help issue. So we could, we could possibly back up some hogs again. I mean, I, I'm not going to rule that out. The, the hog market is, uh, It's kind of questionable anyway because it's, it's, it's not a lot of producer control out there. So those producers, they try, they work on and they work really hard at controlling what they can control. And I know most of them don't like to feed hogs that big.
0: Way for folks to get a hold of you, Kyle.
1: You can call me at 308-708. 7340.
0: All right. Thanks so much. Kyle said has been joining us today. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. And that is the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. You can check this out as a podcast at ruralradio.com wherever you subscribe and on Spotify as well. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell, right here on the Rural Radio Network.